the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Somebody say, I'm ordained to be a blessing. Say, I'm ordained to be a blessing. Shout, I'm ordained to be a blessing. Alright, so that's what scripture says. It said, I will make of thee a great nation. Now look at Genesis 24 verse 1. Genesis 24 verse 1. And Abraham was old, well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed him in all things. May you be blessed in all things. May you be old in age. And may you be blessed in all things. Okay. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 7 to 9. Let's read it together. One go. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Note that. That's very, very important. Note that those who are the children of faith, they are not that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Same say, I'm a child of Abraham. Okay, so when you are a child of God, you are also a seed of Abraham. Know ye that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. We are talking about how God told Abraham he was going to bless him, how he was going to make him a blessing. And then he says that they which are of faith, he's just establishing a link between you and Abraham. Somebody say there's a link. See, there's an umbilical cord between me and Abraham. Okay, so he says, Know ye that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And he tells you the link. The link is faith. Somebody say it's faith. Say, because I'm a child of faith, because I'm a child of God, I'm a seed of Abraham. Okay, so look at verse number 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God will justify the heathen through faith. Okay, so he's just helping you to appreciate that you are a child of Abraham and you are not a child because you were born physically. It's by justification through faith. Knowing that God will justify the hidden through faith, preach the gospel unto Abraham. The first person to hear the gospel of Christ was Abraham. That's why Abraham, the things Abraham stood for, the thing Abraham practiced, makes a lot of sense. I'm going to be teaching 
on something I've taught on before, but I have not taught on in a very long time. And because I just went into hibernation to just study the scriptures in the light of our new emphasis to be able to help people get a proper understanding of what it plays and the role it plays in our lives. There's been a lot of debate in recent times about a lot of things. A lot of things. And this debate is not now. It has always been on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. But you see, every time there's a lot of speakings, negative speakings about a particular subject, if you're a spiritual person, you want to ask yourself, what is the end goal of this debate? That's always what you want to ask. What is the end goal of this debate? What is the objective of this debate? Who is fueling this agenda? Because for every agenda that is being propagated or being talked about, somebody is fueling it. There is nothing that comes on the news that is not sponsored by someone. There's nothing. There is nothing that comes on the news that is not serving an agenda. Today they will tell you, the best water is Vena. Ask yourself who is sponsoring that agenda. Another time they will say, they have done an analysis and they said the best water to drink is Vortec. Who is sponsoring the agenda? Because we live in a world where people sponsor agendas. Am I communicating here? Yeah. People sponsor agendas. And as a believer, you need to be widely awake to the reality that Satan also sponsors agendas. That's why your way of thinking must not be with the way the world thinks. A lot of people, once a lot of people are flowing or talking about something, they believe is truth. But truth is what God tells us from his word. Are you here with me? That is the only thing that is true. And so, he says, verse 6, God knowing that he will justify the hidden preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, indeed shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Somebody say, I am of faith. I am blessed with faithful Abraham. So one, you are of faith, so you are a child of Abraham. You are of faith, so you are blessed with faithful Abraham. Whatever blessing God pronounced on Abraham can also reflect or same can be said of you because you are of faith. Okay, now come to Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 to 14. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 to 14. He says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for Osaid. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of uh, being made a curse for for it is okay okay that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith he said Christ came to do something for us he came to redeem us that's the word redeem us from the curse of the law. Having been made a curse for us, because curse is everyone that hung on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham. So he tells you that Christ came to do something, and what he came to do was to make way for something else to happen. Why did Christ come? He came to die. He came to be hanged on the cross 
that at the end, something will come on upon our lives. And many things came upon our lives. When Christ came to hang on the cross, a shameful death for us, salvation became a reality for us. Somebody say, salvation became a reality for us. Because Christ hung on the cross, you won't have to be on the cross. Because Christ went to hell on our behalf, we don't have a destination in hell. Are you here with me? Okay, so that is something that has happened. Adam was dead from the beginning because he sinned and disobeyed God. And because he disobeyed God, the life of God was extinguished out of Adam's spirit. Christ came and in him, he that had the son had life. If you have Adam, you have death. But if you have Christ, you have life. This morning, I'm going to be speaking on financial prosperity. Somebody say financial prosperity. I realize that people want us to talk about everything in church except money. Everything. They want us to talk about everything in church except money. And most of the time, these people are like that because they are largely ignorant. Praise the Lord. They are lightly ignorant and they don't know the centrality of the gospel of Christ. God's word talks about money. I talk about money because God talks about money. Somebody say, God, talk about, God talks about money. God talks about money a lot in scripture. There is more said about money in scripture than heaven and hell. There is more said about money in even the New Testament than it was said about love. Though love is the greatest. Yeah. If you look at the subject of love, it is only in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that the whole chapter was devoted to it. But the subject of money was treated in two chapters, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. Those two chapters combined together will give you about 39 verses in the New Testament and it addressed money. Jesus spoke a number of parables. Most of his parables, about 60 to 70% of his parables had to do with money. And that is because what we do with our money is a reflection of what our values are. And it's important that we understand the subject in the light of God's word. I know that the subject of prosperity has been abused, largely abused by a lot of people. And so for some people, they, they have developed an aversion to the subject. But you see, anything you don't hear about, you will not have faith for it. The Bible said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the judge shall live by faith. So when you are not properly taught in God's word, as far as God's will is concerned, you will continually walk in sickness and disease and accept it as normal because you have not heard enough about healing. Praise the Lord. But if you study God's word, the blood that saved you and made you a child of God is the same blood that was shared to redeem you from sicknesses and diseases. Are you here with me? And so, you see, you can't, most people want to pick and choose. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't pick and choose. Salvation is a full package. Yeah. The Bible said we are persuaded of better things concerning you. Things that accompany salvation. There are things that accompany salvation. And when you pick and choose, you only end up seeing that you have really, really denied yourself. I know that there are really a lot of extremes when it comes to the subject of prosperity. But I would like to stay in the context of the New Testament and give you a proper perspective. Because all of us are interested in money. All of us use money. All of us relate with money in one way or the other. This morning before I came, the Holy Ghost showed me three dangerous ways to relate with money. 
And maybe I'll share them with you in the course of the month. Now, some of you who may be here, that, that, those are the three ways you relate with money. And it's a very dangerous way to relate with money. Money is a very, very good servant, but a very bad master. And you cannot take dominion and use money right unless you get to know God's mind concerning it. So the subject is financial prosperity is God's will for you. Somebody say the financial prosperity is God's will for me. Financial prosperity is God's will for me. One day Jesus was speaking and they came to him. They said, uh, shall I put away my wife for any reason? That's what they came to according to the law of Moses. And Jesus told them in the beginning it was not so. And it means that any subject we want to deal with, every time we want to go and look at what it was like in the beginning. If you want to look at marriage, what was it like in the beginning? Can I marry three wives? Can I marry five wives? What was it like in the beginning? In the beginning, God did not give Adam, Evelyn, uh, Linda, and Akosuya. He gave Adam Eve. So when you come into the Old Testament and at some point you see Solomon changing wives, you don't use it as a standard and preach from the pulpit as if you have a right to marry as many as possible. Am I communicating here? Christ has one bride. He doesn't have many brides. His bride is the church. So we always need to go back to the beginning. What was it like in the beginning? What did God say from the beginning? You see, you are not a Christian who thinks like the world. You are a Christian because you think in line with God's word. Somebody say, I'm a Christian because I think in line with God's word. You see, there are a lot of believers whose spirits are safe, but their minds are unchanged. And as long as your spirit is saved, but your mind is not changed or transformed in the light of God's word, you are likely to sponsor and push Satan's agenda. You can be saved. But all your life, Paul was talking about it. He said, some of you are enemies of the cross. Your God is your belly. You push Satan, you promote Satan's agenda much more than you do that of Christ. And it's because you are not growing. You see, and if you don't grow in life, you always end up as a liability. Whether it's to the kingdom of God, to yourself, or to your family. Anybody who refuses to grow will end up as a liability. Yeah, that's it. The cheapest way to become a liability in life is to refuse to grow. And growth is intentional. Growth is made to happen. Growth does not just happen accidentally. That's why you can be in church for a long time and still you are who you are. Nothing has changed. And yet some people came three months ago, six months ago, five months ago, and they are showing fruit of godly character. Why? Because they are yielding and opening themselves up to the word of God. Are you here with me? The Bible says, for your ways are not my ways, neither are my thoughts like your thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay? Tell John 1-2. Beloved, I wish above all things. Somebody say, I wish above all things. That thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. Somebody say, I wish above all things. That you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. How many of you believe that God's will is for you to be in health? God is not happy when you are sick. How many of you also believe 
and you are convicted and you are persuaded that God is not happy when you don't have money. You believe it? (laughs) It looks like my job may be easy. (laughs) But your conviction must be strong in it. You see, under the New Testament, everything is by faith. Somebody say everything is by faith. Everything is by faith. There is nothing you are going to receive from God that you will not receive it by faith. There is nothing. Nothing. Salvation came to you through faith. Every other thing that comes as a result of salvation would also be received through faith. Including financial prosperity. And that's why you cannot just operate like the way unbelievers operate. You can't relate to money the way unbelievers relate with money. And most of the time when Christians are talking and sometimes some ignorant people are talking, they just talk and talk and talk. And this person doesn't do this and he's prosperous. And this person doesn't do this and he's prosperous. You see, and it's simply because we don't even understand what prosperity is as far as Christians are concerned. And that's why I said I'm going to take my time to walk you through it because you have to understand prosperity in the light of the New Testament. When the Bible says a Christian is a prosperous one or is rich, How does he determine or define his wealth? Because I know that in the natural, when we say somebody is rich, you already know how the person is. What are some of the pictures that come to your mind? A very nice house. A Mercedes Benz. Yes? Cash in bank. Talk back to me. You You don't know. I think now you can pretend now. Now you are, I'm seeing that you are really pretending. Because even in your own mind, you have an idea. When you become rich, you have an idea who you will be. Yeah. If you say you are rich or you are blessed, you have an idea what you are referring to. But when God says you are blessed, what does it mean? When God says you are blessed, it simply means you are a blessing. That's the simplest definition of God's blessing. When God blesses a man, he is a blessing. He is a blessing. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 with me. 1 Timothy. Apostle Paul had time to address this subject very well because there were a lot of misconceptions around the thing. Because, I mean, when we talk about prosperity, people think that uh, everybody is going to be a millionaire. No, everybody is not going to be a millionaire. Because the principles and what it takes to become a millionaire, not everybody can engage that. But you see, everybody can have enough to advance the cause of Christ. That's the God's will. He said, charge them that are rich in this world. Now, he's simply saying that not everybody will be rich in this world. But everybody can be rich in the kingdom. Charge them that are rich in this world. Charge them that are rich in this world. That there be no high-minded, no trust. So, when God sees that you are rich, don't be high-minded. Because that is a natural part of it. Most of the people who have worldly riches are very arrogant. They don't have respect for people. They don't talk to people well. They they behave as if they know it all. And their confidence is in money. Take money away from them and their blood pressure goes up. Let their business suffer a defeat and there's a heart palpitation. Something is happening to them. Am I communicating here? He said, no trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now look at verse 18. This is how rich Christians behave. That they do good. When we say you are rich, this is how God measures riches. And we have to understand this. By this standard, a lot of you who are even earning more are very poor, according to God. A lot of you who have capacity or have a lot of money, you are are already poor. 
He said that they do that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Give me the New Living Translation. Ready to distribute, willing to communicate. I want to be rich. I want to be rich. What is the motivation? You see, a certain prosperity message was brought to us from the very foundation. And that message was pushed to the point until every Christian became greedy. So we have raised a generation of believers who are greedy for money. All they want is money. It's not that they want money for any kingdom purposes. They just want money. And they become lovers of money more than lovers of God. Are you hearing me? No. Until you get this straightened up, you have money, but money will never be useful and a blessing in your life. One of the things that makes money powerful is that money can send things ahead of you in heaven. Paul was speaking. He said, we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. I checked and I realized that uh, we can carry something out. And what we can carry it out, we can carry it through our money. You can carry some things with you through your money. There are things that you can carry. The house you build here, you can't carry out. So for certain, you can. Your cars, no matter how many they are, you can't carry them out. But the investment you make in the kingdom with your money, you can carry them out. So blessed are those who die in the Lord that they may rest from their labor. And their works follow them. I'm not communicating here. Their works follow them. Their works follow them. Their works follow them. Their works follow them. Listen. You have heard quite a lot about money and prosperity. But I want you to take what I'm going to be teaching you very seriously. Very seriously. Very seriously. Because it will make a difference between your now and your future. And it will make a difference between your now, your life on earth, and your life in all of eternity. Very, very critical. That's what he said. Teach those. That's what I'm teaching you. Teach those who are rich in this world. Not to be proud nor trust in their money. Because when you keep money and you use it, you don't use it for what God wants you to use it for, you become proud with it. He says, which is unreliable. Somebody says it's unreliable. Okay. Their trust should be in God who gives richly all we need for enjoyment. Then he says that they do tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works, generous to those in need, and share with others. Now, when we talk about financial prosperity, this is what it simply means. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. In my context, this is what it means. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. He says, and God is able to make all grace. Somebody say all grace. Every favor and every blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always, now, always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support or furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Uh-huh. So when we talk about financial prosperity, that's what we are looking at. We are talking about the grace of God coming upon you and empowering you to be sufficient. Yeah, empowering you to be able to have more than you need in order to meet the needs of others. That's what it means to be financially prosperous. And kingdom prosperity is not limited to our finances. That is one unique feature about it. When God prospers you, he gives you the capacity to be a blessing. Well, understand that lack and want and insufficiency is never God's will for anyone. Somebody say lack and want. 
and insufficiency. It's never God's will for anyone. No. If you want to know what God's will is and was, we go to the beginning. When he put Adam in the garden, there was no need. Adam had everything he needed in the garden. There was no lack whatsoever. Do you know the time Adam became naked? When you become naked, it simply is a sign that you are in need. You remember the prodigal son? He came to himself. In other words, nothing was left on him. There was nothing. Everything he had was lost. He lost everything and came to himself. Adam had himself. That was the time that Adam had gone off track with God. When Adam broke camp with God, then he became naked. His need and his wants began when he broke relationship with God. So when God made man, we are never told Adam went to God and said, give me today my daily bread. Because it wasn't a prayer point. It wasn't necessary. Everything he needed was available. And in Christ, everything we need is available. Somebody say an amen. amen. I said, in Christ, everything we need is available. Amen. The Bible said, God had given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's available. Somebody say it's available. You see, when you understand it's available, you will not be looking for it. You will be seeking to do what you need to do in order for it to be released into your hands. Somebody say it's available. Now, when you have money available in the bank, what do you do? You just pick your checkbook, you go to the bank, and you sign, and you cash out the money because it's available. You don't go from one house to another looking for money because you know it's available. A lot of believers don't know that money is available. Money is available in Christ. Somebody say, money is available in Christ. Shouted, I have money in Christ. I have health in Christ. I have peace in Christ. I have prosperity in Christ. Yeah, it's available. David was speaking in Psalm 20, 37 verse 25. He said, I've been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. It's available. Say, it's available. It's available. Psalm 84 verse 11. The Lord God, he's a son and he's a shield. They will give grace, he will give glory. And no good thing would he withhold from them that walk upright. Somebody say, it's available. It's available. Say, It's available. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 to 11 Jesus said ask and it shall be given seek and it shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you then he says for everyone that asketh receiveth and to him that seeketh he findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened verse 9 he says and what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread will give him a stone verse 10 he says and if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent for a fish now, I like this verse 11. He said, if you being evil, if you then being evil, know how to give good gift to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give good things to those that ask me? Is money one of those good things? And that's why I see God prosper you. Amen. I see God bless you. Amen. I see God release funds into your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see? God is looking for those he can trust to entrust riches to. That's what God is looking for. Those he can trust. Those he can trust. There are some people now, if God gave them more money, they'll have multiple wives. There are some people, if God gave them more money, they will not be in church. Praise the Lord. And that is why God will always prepare you for prepared blessings. 
God will always prepare you before he brings you into the palace of Pharaoh and make you the prime minister. He has worked on your heart to let go and to use power to profit people and not to punish people. God will always prepare you. Sometimes we yearn for things, we pray for things, we cry for things. And the question we really need to ask is, am I prepared for what I'm asking for? Because everything that God gives you has a responsibility. And everything God gives you, you will account for it. In fact, when the Bible talks about the fact that we shall give account, in most of the references in the New Testament, it refers to money. Yeah, it refers to money. That is not the only. But principally, we shall give account of whatever God has given us. He refers largely to money. It's not the only uh, interpretation. The Bible said, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in what? Prosperity and their years in pleasure. Look at Psalm 35, verse 27 with me. This is God's mind. Somebody say, this is God's mind. Now, and I want us to know that every good man, every good woman, Every good parent wants the best for their children. No, so that's that's what Jesus told us. He said, Which of you being evil know how to, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more? Now, if earthly human wicked fathers would want the best for their children, God wants much more for us. Let's look at it. Let them shout for joy and, and who favor my Oh, let's read it. Who favor my? And let them say continually, the Lord be magnified. Who delights in the prosperity? Somebody say, God delights in my prosperity. Say, God delights in my prosperity. God is happy when I'm prosperous. God is happy when I do well financially. Praise the Lord. It's important that we appreciate that. And it should be in your subconscious. God wants you to do well. It was Martin Luther who said, Any religion that claims to be concerned about people without addressing the economic conditions that strangle them is a dry and a useless religion. Any religion that claims to be concerned about people without addressing the economic a uh, condition that strangled them is a dry and useless religion. How many of you know that our religion is not a useless one? This one is not. Our relationship with God nourishes our soul, but beyond our soul, it affects our body. God has a lot to say about our body in scripture. Not just your spirit. Your spirit is saved. Your, your mind and your soul must come in alignment, but your body matters to God. And that's what we need to understand. Two reasons why it's important that we appreciate God's way concerning our finances. Because one, it helps to activate your faith. It will activate your faith to receive your heritage of abundance in Christ. Somebody say, I have abundance in Christ. Say it, I have abundance in Christ. The Bible said, the thief comes only except to see, to kill, and to destroy. I came that you might have. I came that you have. Satan came to steal. Jesus came so we will have. May you have more. Amen. I said may you have more. Amen. John chapter 10 verse 10. The Bible said the thief comes only in order to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they might have and enjoy. Somebody say have and enjoy. Have and enjoy. Say have and enjoy. Have and enjoy. They might have and enjoy life. Life in a, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Somebody say, in Christ, in Christ, I'm entitled to an overflowing life. 
Say, in Christ, I'm entitled to an overflowing life. Okay, now you have to understand this. Once you understand this, your faith is activated. When Satan presents you luck, you don't just cross your finger and say, uh, this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. No, 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 no. By and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God in the sweet by and by, in the beta now and now. Now, that's not godliness. That's not Christianity. That your faith is in Christ. That's not me. You see, that's what unbelievers want us to embrace. They want us to embrace the fact that once we have believed in God, we should not worry about money. So that they will use money to sabotage our faith. Praise the Lord. That's, that's why I, I started by telling that there's always an agenda. There's always an agenda. When Jesus resurrected, let me show you. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, do you know what silenced the news of his resurrection? Today, till tomorrow, the Jews don't believe that Jesus resurrected. That's why a lot of people in Israel are not born again. And the reason why they are not born again is because money has changed hands. Somebody paid that that news should never go out. And let me tell you, in our times, a lot of us are praying. You see, when we don't release our faith for finances, we will pray about things we shouldn't pray about. What is going on with the gating very soon? Sooner or later, you will see government in Africa bowing to it. Uganda president issued a fiato. It's one of the finest gay laws. So they say it's a, something that is part of you or something. But I tell you, if you are in Uganda and you see that law, the thing will leave you. <laughs> it must leave you. <laughs> the law is sharp enough and I pray that Ghana government will be tough and will be strong enough to be able to make this. And when the church is influential and we are very powerful, we can tell the government, listen, go this way or we sack you. Yeah, go this way or we sack you. But when we lack power, that's what the Bible said, the voice of a poor man is not heard. And most of the time, all Satan wants the church to do, the church, Satan doesn't want the church, he doesn't care if the church is powerful. As long as the church is poor, he doesn't mind. Because there's very little you can do with a poor church. There's a very little you can do with a poor Christian. There is so much a godly and a generous Christian can do for the kingdom of God. I'm not communicating here. That's why I want to provoke your faith to go for what God has for you because it is yours in Christ. I'm not communicating here. It's your heritage in Christ. Don't hate money. That's why I wrote a book about the truth about money. And I'll come and teach about it sometime to come. But now, I just want to build you up from the fundamentals. A believer takes what God has said, embraces it, and allows it to form his mentality. That's who a believer is. You are a believer because of the way you think. Because as a man thinker in his heart, so is he. So when you meet a Christian, his thinking will show it. When you meet an unbeliever, his thinking will show it. And your thinking is shaped by what you have been, what, what you have heard, what you have embraced, and what you have allowed to be, become your mentality. Number two, we need to know God's will concerning our finances so we are not taken advantage of by the devil. Satan won't take advantage of you. I said, Satan will not take advantage of you. He will not cheat you of your inheritance. The Bible said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, I want to walk you through two main reasons. Today, I'll address the first five here. And next week, 
I'll do the first five that has to do with you. You see, everything that God tells us, it begins with him. Somebody say it begins with him. This principle is so important because when you don't understand this, you will abuse opportunities God gives you. When God gives you an opportunity, the opportunity is not first for you. It's first for him. It's first for him. Everything God gives you, if he gives you money, the first reason why he gave you the money is him. Are you with me? The first reason why he gave If he gave you a child, the first reason why he gave you the child is for him. Anytime you put whatever God has given you ahead of your relationship with him, that thing becomes more important to you than God, and God begins to get problems with you. It's a fundamental principle. He gave Adam a very beautiful garden and said, Adam, if you want to enjoy what I've given you, your allegiance must be to me and to me only. In other words, you will do what I tell you to do, and that is it. Adam chose not to go God's way, and so he ended up losing everything God had given him. I pray you won't lose what God has given you. I pray you will be able to enjoy what God has given you. Shout a believing amen. amen. The Bible gives us reasons why God prospers us. God's will is prosperity. Five reasons why God wants you to prosper and do well financially. Number one is because it is critical for the establishment of his covenant and the building of his church on the earth. Somebody say it's critical. Say it is critical. For the establishment of his covenant and the building of his church on the earth. Very critical for it. Critical for the establishment of his covenant. We are not talking about the old covenant. We are talking about the new covenant, which is dedicated to the salvation of all men. Jesus came to shed his blood that everyone who believes must be saved. This is God's covenant on the earth. This is God's covenant agenda now. And this cannot be accomplished without abundance. Somebody say it cannot be accomplished without abundance. Please hear me and hear me well. When an unbeliever has money, the purpose for the money is different. When a believer has money, the purpose is different. Say the purpose is different. Say the purpose for my money is different from the purpose of an unbeliever's money. Please, this understanding will help you. When people are talking chaff, you will know what to, what to answer them. He said that you may know how to give a reason to every man who asks you a reason for your faith. Why is it God's will that I prosper and I do well financially? Because number one, God has a covenant to establish. Number two, God has a church to build. Now look at this. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 18, 8, 18, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you the power to what? It is he that gives you the power to get that he may establish his covenant with you. Now listen, this was not given to everybody. This was given to Israel, the people of God. Are you here with me? Yeah, that's God's instruction. It was given to the nation of Israel. He told them, listen, I am going to give you the power to make money. And the reason for the money is because of my covenant. So you Israelites never forget it. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 20, he said, so I answered and said to them, the God of heaven himself, Nehemiah 2.20, he himself will prosper us, therefore we his servants will arise and build. Why will God prosper us so we arise to build? Somebody say, God prospers me, so I will arise and build. Now look at this. You remember the children of Israel were in captivity for how many years? 
430 years. They were supposed to be in captivity for 400 years, but they went 430 years. When they were ready to go out, God gave them favor. And look at this very closely. He gave them favor. And he gave them favor such that all the 430 years they worked without pay, all their pay plus interest and more was given to them on that day. Now listen, these are people who are not going to take a plane. They were not going to take a flight. They were not going to need anything. If you remember, in the wilderness, they never cooked. They never bought anything. Now, if you are not going to buy, you are not going to cook, why do you need money? But God had the purpose. When God said, I'm going to give you favor, I'm going to give you money, he didn't tell them. He just told them, I'm going to give you favor and give you money. And then they went. Look at it. Exodus chapter 3, verse 21 to 23. And I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass. When you go, you shall not go empty. May you not go empty. May you not go through life empty. May God give you favor to accumulate wealth. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, you will not go empty. Now look at this. But every man shall borrow of a neighbor and of her that sojourned in a house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters. Gold and silver has become chains around people's neck. They use them to decorate themselves. After this time, they didn't know why they carried the money. Now look at Exodus 25, verse 1 and 2. When God gives you a certain ability, he gives you skill, he gives you intelligence, and you have gone to school, and you are earning, you've started a business, and it's doing well, and you are getting money. Why did God allow you to go through that process and give you the money? Understand this. Now look at Exodus 25, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, look at this, speak unto the children of Israel. Please follow this closely. The weddings are very important. He says, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. They bring me what? They bring me what? Uh -huh. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. He said, tell them to bring me offering. Where are they getting the offering from? The one I gave them. Am I communicating here? Yeah. He gave it to them by favor. Now he's demanding it. Now go to verse 8 to 9. Verse 8 to 9. He tells them what he's going to use the offering for. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Mm. <laughs> are you here with me now? So when God gives you money, you are not just dreaming of, uh, I'm tired of this house. I think I need to build a nice house. I'm tired of this car. I think I need to change my car. That's not God's purpose. That's why a lot of believers compare themselves with unbelievers when it comes to wealth. But if you measure, that's what we will get to heaven and we'll be shocked about people God calls millionaires. People that we felt were nobodies on earth and these will be decorated as millionaires in the kingdom of God. Why? Because what makes you a millionaire in God's kingdom is different from what makes you a millionaire in the eyes of a world. And until you embrace this thinking and you begin to live your life like this, you are only going through the motions. You are not a child of God. Let them make me a sanctuary. According to all that I showed them after the parting. And look at how these guys responded. Beautiful. Verse 35, verse 4 and 5. And Moses spoke unto the congregation of Israel saying, This is the thing which the Lord had commanded. Take you from among the offering. Verse 22 to 23. Quickly. And they came. They came. Somebody said they came. 
both men and women, as many as were willing hearted and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold, and every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. Did you see that? Now, do you also remember when Solomon went to God to pray? How many of you remember that? What did Solomon tell God? He said, I don't need anything. Just give me wisdom. And God said, I'm going to give you money. Do you know why God gave Solomon money? Because he had an agenda for him to build in his life. He didn't ask for it. God gave it to him. And he used it for the building. You see, we have to be very, very careful the way we manage our money. Yeah, because our greatest disappointment when we meet God on the day of judgment will be how much he committed into your hands and what you use it for. Because for every CD, every dime, every cobalt that enters your hand, God knows it. And he knows what it is used for. Whether it's advancing the cause of Christ or is accomplishing your selfish and greed, God knows it. And if you look at the children of Israel in particular, you see, whatever happened to them is an example for us. We are told in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians that all of these things were written for our learning and they are examples so that we don't walk in that path. Anytime God had a problem with them, it was because they had abandoned his house. In the book of Haggai, when they abandoned the house, he said, you look for much and it's not coming much. You are, you are doing everything and it's not happening because I have blown upon it because you have abandoned my house. When you come to the last book of the Bible, Malachi, he said, you are cursed. This whole nation, it's not an individual thing. This whole nation is under a curse. And the reason why I place a curse on you is that you have abandoned my house. Now bring everything into my house and prove me see whether I will not open the windows. In other words, what God is simply saying is that that which brings you under my perpetual blessing is your commitment and dedication to my house. When Jesus came, Matthew chapter 6, verse 83, he said the same thing in the context of my finance. You have to understand, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 is not taken out of anything. It was in the context of meeting our financial needs. That's what it's about. Matthew 6, verse 24, he said, no one can serve two masters. You will either serve God or mama. Give me Matthew 6, 25. Let's read it. No one can serve two masters. You either serve God or mama. 24. No one can serve two masters. You either love one and hate the other or you hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mama. Now go to 25. Then he began to talk about it. He says, therefore take no thought for your life. What you eat, what you will drink, or yet for your body, what you will wear, is not the life more than meat. All of these things, is not your life, what you wear is all money. It's all money. And that's what scripture was talking about there. Money, 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 money. And then when you go to verse 32, he tells you God's mind about it. <laughs> he says, after all these things, the Gentiles are seeking. He's telling you what unbelievers are looking for. And those are the same things you are also worried about. All these things, unbelievers are looking for them. And these things, the Gentiles are seeking for your heavenly father knows you have need of them. God knows you need money. God knows you need money. And that's one of the reasons why. He said, your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. So, God is not blinded to the fact that you need a house, you need a car, you need all of those things. But, his condition still remains. <laughs> Can, can somebody understand what I'm saying? He said, 
His condition is still the same. I know you need a house. I know you need a car. I know you need a, a wife. I know you need this. I know you need this. I know you need a shoe. I know you need all of this. But seek ye first, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, these things, there is not anything. All the things you need shall be added unto you. That is living your life with the kingdom of God in view. That's the first one. Number two is the fulfillment of the great commission demands it. Somebody say the fulfillment of the great commission. Say the fulfillment of the great commission. Yeah. How else can we take the gospel to the nations of the world? Jesus said, go unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Go ye into all the world. How do you go into all the world? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses. This gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 24 verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all nations for a witness. Then the end will come. Then when you come to the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 13, he said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he tells us, this is where money comes in. Verse 14, he says, but how shall they call on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not believed? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they be sent? Verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Except they be what? How do we send? We send with money. We are on radio with money. We are not on radio with tongues. We are not on radio with music. We are on radio with money. So that is the second reason. Number three. Because our influence and impact are sought and light in the world will be limited or ignored without prosperity. Somebody say, my impact. My impact. And my influence. my influence. You know, you see, being a child of God is to be an influential person. Somebody say, I'm an influential person. Yeah, you are an influential person. You are not, you are, not, you are an influential person. The Bible says you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. All that, that means is that you are born to be a person of influence. You are supposed to be relevant. But how else will you be relevant without money? Without money, you can't demonstrate relevance. We have a mandate of global relevance, but that cannot be a reality in poverty. It takes money. The Bible talks about the fact that the wisdom of a wise man is despised. And his words are not heard. I'm looking at why God wants you to be financially prosperous. And I'm looking at his kingdom area. Praise the Lord. Next week, I will look at what has to do with you. Because that is how we, we flow. Unfortunately, that is the realm a lot of people are living. But this is where it starts from. When God gives you money, the first thing that must be on your mind are these things. That is what it takes to be a person of influence. The Bible said the rich Wealth maketh many friends. Wealth maketh what? Many friends. But the poor is hated of his neighbor. Wealth maketh many friends. Money brings influence. May you command influence. Amen. Number four. The voice and the light of the gospel will be silent and extinguished without prosperity. Somebody say the voice. voice. Say the voice. The voice and the light of the gospel will be silenced and extinguished without prosperity. There will be no voice. The good news is the gospel. Do you know the good news is the gospel? Do you know that with money we can change what goes on all radio stations in Kumasi? Am I communicating here? 
with money. With money. With money. The whole city will be influenced. What goes on in TV? Look, sometimes when you see some the time some gospel programs take place on TV, I don't know whether it's a ghost who watch it. It's money. Do you know why it is there? Prime time. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do prime time. Prime time. <laughs> the time that human beings will watch and be born again. Your money cannot take you there. So what is stopping the gospel? It is not prayer. It is money. Am I communicating here? What is silencing the gospel is money. And, and you see, that's why Satan would want people to come against the church. And we speak against the church. And we say, all manner. When we talk about holiness, the, all believers are okay. When we talk about work ethics, they are okay. When we talk about marriage, they are okay. Even now, that one too, they are not okay because of gay. But when we talk about money, they are angry. Because listen, it did not start now. When Jesus resurrected, they used money to silence the news. And after he has resurrected and gone to heaven and is seated at the right hand and the church is supposed to be marching forward, Satan still is using the tool of money and poverty to fight the church. Am I communicating here? That's why you cannot embrace poverty mentality as a Christian. You are doing a great disservice to God and his kingdom when you accept poverty as okay, I'm okay. For me, I don't need money. You don't need money, I need it to take the gospel. Am I communicating here? We need money. And God wants you to be blessed and prosperous. And I'm, listen, these are fundamentals. If you don't get this, there is no way God can commit much into your hands. Because, you see, when it comes to our money, it is God who brings it to us. We work for it, but it's God who brings it to us. What, what I read to you, never forget that text. He said, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. The reason why he says, don't be proud, is because it didn't come from you. It is God who gave you richly to enjoy. God gave it to you. And if he gave it to you, he must have a say-so in how you use the money. Are you here with me? Are you here with me? The Bible said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. When the poor man speaks, they say, Nyansa yeah. When the poor man speaks, they say, Waka. <laughs> but in the, in the, <laughs> let the foolish man speak. <laughs> Even those who don't like him will like him. In fact, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, uh, Curse not the king in your bedchamber, neither curse the rich in your bedchamber lest that which has ears will tell it to the king. Don't curse the rich. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Are you here with me? Yeah. And as I close, prosperity empowers you for dominion on earth. Somebody say dominion. dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Now, money empowers you for dominion. The Bible says, the rich ruleth over the poor. And the borrower is a servant to the lender. Somebody said the rich rules over the poor. Listen, if you borrow somebody's money, he will determine when you will sleep. Oh. He will determine. He will determine. <laughs> he will come there. He knows that early in the morning, 4 a.m., you have left. And as a rich man, he will wake up that early. 
but he can drive in the cool of the night. While you are sleeping, he knocks on you. <laughs> I am here. The rich, somebody say the rich. Rules over the poor. The borrower is a servant to the lender. Listen, if anybody tells you that salvation is the most important thing, tell the person, yes, I agree. But salvation will not deliver much without money. That's why when Jesus came, he received wisdom and he received riches. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible said he has made us unto God kings and priests. Somebody say kings and priests. Say kings and priests. That's Revelation 5.10. Kings and priests. And as a king, you need money to rule. All kings are not the same. All chiefs are not the same. And their differences is in their money. I'm not communicating here. How many chiefs from Ghana went to Prince Charles? Let me leave that one. The Bible says we have been ordained for dominion. Listen, God created us, number one, for dominion. And number two, he redeemed us for dominion. God never wants you to feel dominated. You know, when you don't have money, you feel dominated. You are not yourself. You can look sick when you are not sick. Money gives you dominion. Money gives you authority. I'm not communicating yet. You are coming home and you, you are, your, your self-confidence is gone. You are 25, you are looking like 50. Because poverty is on you. You shall not be poor. I said you will not be poor. In the name of Jesus. Now listen, this is the biblical mentality behind prosperity. When they say that we should not talk about money, what they want you to do is that they want to dominate you. They want to keep you enslaved. They don't want you to have a voice. They don't want you to have expression. They don't want you to become a person of authority. And yet God has already made you a person of authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto you. Including financial authority. You will enjoy wealth. You will walk in prosperity. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shout God's will. It's my financial prosperity. God wants me to have money. He doesn't want money to have me. This is why it's important. There is a conspiracy. I watched Ms. Uh, speech. And I have also watched the replies from uh, Washington and other places. Praise the Lord. Even last night, because I know I was going to preach this, I was watching it. They will cut this aid. They will cut that aid. They will cut that aid. They will cut that aid. Imagine what it will be if after they have cut all that aid, the church is so prosperous. The church in Uganda is so prosperous. And they tell government, government, don't go back on what you have made. We would finance all government projects. Nothing will stop. Now, imagine the difference it will make. I'm not communicating here. Let's sit in Ghana and be praying against gay, against this. No, 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 no. The people are paid and when they finish paying, sooner or later, somebody must bow. I'm not communicating here. Somebody must bow. This is Satan's agenda. That's why Satan wants everybody else to get money. The only place Satan doesn't, the only person and the only group of people on the earth Satan don't want them to have money is the church. Christians. Christians, they are the only people Satan wants to keep up. And so, God's method of prospering us, Satan will dilute it. 
He will not let us release our faith. He will not let us hear what we need to hear. So he will corrupt what we hear. Praise the Lord. Somebody said the message of prosperity is part of the gospel. You, you, you can't preach the gospel without prosperity. When you say good news, what is good news to the poor? Your needs are met. Is that not it? That's good news to the poor. If you are poor, your needs are met. Your needs are met. Listen. If we pray and pray and pray and pray and we are broke and broke and broke, they will still be sending us every day. Praise the Lord. They will send you every day. You will not matter. But your life will matter. Your life will be impactful. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say this after me. We are going through the five things I talked about. Say God's will. will. Is my prosperity. Because he seeks. To establish his covenant. And build his church. Through me. Number two. God's will is my prosperity because the fulfillment of the great commission demands it. Number three, God's will is my prosperity because my influence and impact in life is connected to it. Number four, God's will is my prosperity because the voice and the light of the gospel will be silenced and extinguished without prosperity. Number five, God's will is my prosperity. God's prosperity empowers me for dominion and relevance on earth. Lift up your hands and receive grace to command wealth. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified and by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service.
and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no.